Ah, you know that sound. Welcome to another special, tremendous edition of What's Going On, The Experience here on Fox Sports with your host, Nate Brown Jr. And I got the crew in the building and I got two guys who just came back from California. I don't know how they flew in, but they look a little sleepy to me. <laughs> look a little red, look a little red eyes to me. I got, uh, I got my red eye. I got my man Ryan V from NYC. What up, Ryan? Feels good to be back in the New York state of mind. I gotta say, guys, good to be back on what's going on. But well, I know, I know, and I got my other man over here. He was out there with y'all doing your dastardly deeds out in Cali. Well, you know, Rick Tony had to be Rick Tony. Oh, uh, here there we were go. women around. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, it, okay. <laughs> but did you bump with a big fat woman? I want the, the there was really no light. Really, okay. The ones see, I see, see, there. see George. He he liked them thickums. Oh yeah, yeah, Miss Buttworth. I know he saw Miss Buttworth. <laughs> yeah. Ah yeah. yes. And my man, the one and only from the Challenge Community newspaper, George Ratney. And George, there's a commercial that they have on TV that I always say the two dogs looking out the window, and he says, "The peanut butter box is here, Georgie. The peanut butter box is here." So. Georgie is here. Talk to me, Georgie. What's happening? Yes, uh, thechallengernews.com. Check out our fine articles each week. And on this week's edition of Challenger Community News, you have Rochester native uh, Khadijah uh, Okawadi. She was one of the winners of the million-dollar winners of the 43 North Corporation Project startup business. They're going to give her a million dollars to start up her business. So she's going to be moving from Rochester to Buffalo with her Agape uh, business. Agape is the name of her business and CEO of Agape. It's a relationship wellness company. And congratulations to uh, Khadijah. And uh, you can read all about it in this week's Challenger News, thechallengernews.com. Check her out. And also check out Roland Martin, who was the guest speaker at the 54th Annual NAACP. Uh, he let us have it, man. He told it like it is, all about the whole night, what's going on in, in the in the government. You would have loved it, Nate. He didn't hold nothing back. He let us. He let now, where were you at, Georgie? That was in Buffalo uh, uh, last week at the uh, 54th Annual NAACP Annual uh, Awards uh, Banquet. Oh, man, I wish I was there because I like Roland Martin. Roland lays it down. They try to get rid of him on TV, but he didn't care. He came back with his own podcast. He's on his own station. Right. So that's what you got to do. So if they get rid of you, go go do you. That's what he said. He spoke about he, that, he, too. And he's doing it, too, man. I mean, yeah. I think more people watch him now than they was watching him on TV when he was on um, PBS or whatever. But Roland is a good person. Speaking of, of, of good people, the Alzheimer's Association is still taking funds for the walk that we did back in October mm-hmm. all the way to the end of the year. So go to alz.org slash walk. You can continue to contribute. And trust me, folks, we need your paper. We really, really do. Alzheimer's dementia is no joke. Trust me on this one. It's not a good look when your mom don't remember you. Okay. It's not a cool thing when those kind of things happen. So please, please, please. I implore you, support the Alzheimer's Association of Rochester, Monroe County, and Finger Lakes. Speaking of supporting people, George, you know, does Josh Allen just get better? Because I'm trying to figure this out, man. The dude is leaping over people, looking like Superman. The whole nine yards, George. The Mm. Buffalo Bills. They look like they're gonna really have to be something to be be reckoned with here, George. Calling them the best team in football. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, they're good. But are they the best team in football, George? 
Yes, indeed. Uh, right now they are. They're right now the best team in football. Kansas City is right there with them. As you saw, Kansas City was uh, only up by five points late third quarter. Going into the fourth quarter, it looked like 49ers were ready to take the game over. But lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes took the game over. And him and his him and his whole uh, wrecking crew of wide receivers and running backs, next thing you know, they were up by 20 points with five minutes left in the game. Right. That's the, really the best team in the National Football League right, right now. Can, Buffalo's right now because they beat Kansas City, but Kansas City's, Buffalo, Kansas City is, a, is head and shoulders above all the rest. So, so, you, so you think they're 1A and 1B, basically? Definitely, because Mahomes, you can't. The, the man is unstoppable. Right. Mahomes is in a class by himself. I don't care what any of these people right. in Western New York are saying. Josh Allen cannot carry Patrick Mahomes' jockstrap. He's not even close to what this, what this guy can do. Big statement. I don't know what the hate is against Josh Allen for. He, he can't get it done. He can't do it. He can't. Man, he got to win oh, a Super Bowl. Different. He has to win a Super Bowl first of all. And number two, he has to be league MVP. This man's been league MVP. What more can this guy do? I mean, like Darren Smith said from ESPN uh, uh, Kansas City Radio said a few weeks on the show on the Real Deal Sports Show. They holding Patrick Mahomes to a higher standard yep. than they holding these other quarterbacks right. in the National Football League. This guy is doing phenomenal things, and you act, you're taking them for granted like, oh, that's just so so. No, he's doing phenomenal things with the football. And the way he won that game last week, come on, man. Who, who else in the league could do that? But, 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 but what he did, though, George, was he just like he, he, he dialed it up a notch. It was like, okay, I'm a little tired of this. Let's go play. And now, George, I guess they gave him another weapon. Talk about that. He got another weapon from the Giants? Well, Kadarius Tony, you might call him a weapon. You might call him a bum. You might call him whatever. Kadarius Tony, he hasn't played in almost a year. He's always on the shelf hurt. Let's see what he can do. Because uh, they, they like uh, picking up guys from the University of Florida. Kadarius Tony was a number one draft pick or second round draft pick of the New York football Giants under the old regime. Uh, Gettleman picked him up. He never panned out. Uh, Gettleman, uh, I mean, the new coach, Brian Dabo, checked him out, said, no, nah, he didn't like what he saw. Okay. The guy, and then every time he tried to see what he could do, the guy hurt. Knee, <laughs> hamstring, ankle. You can't tell what he can do. So he just said, man, just sit him down. We can trade him. He done. And it, so let's see if he can resurge his career with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, so speaking of resurgent career now, we got an interview with Leslie Frazier because um, the Bills are coming up to be playing. Who are they playing this week, George? Playing the Green Bay Packers. The Packers yes. coming in uh, tomorrow night. To, not tomorrow night, later today. Right. 8.20 p.m. kickoff time, Sunday night football. Check the dial. Okay. Check it oh, out. So, so right about now, Aaron Rodgers is kind of sour. And um, it's always interesting when you play an injured team physically and emotionally. So the Packers are emotionally spent to me, it looks like. Okay, George? And I, I'm looking to see, since he talk, called out his players this week, yeah. I can't wait to see if one of his linemen will let Von Miller just walk right in there and knock him down. <laughs> knock him, <laughs> put him out the game. Just so put this guy there right. And then no, do like they no, did no, Aaron no, Bledsoe. Walk. walk back there like the guy did uh, Bledsoe when he was with the Bills. The guy, the lineman walked back and looked down and said, hey, man, what you, what you say about us, lineman? What else you got to say about us? And the lineman walked back to the huddle. Or wasn't it when uh, it was rumored that Derek Carr had a problem with a lot of the, uh, the players who look like us on his line? It did. It was a, when he caught that concussion. It was because they let the guy through. I'm not sure about the Raiders situation. I can remember the Bills situation from back when Ross Tucker and them was playing for the Bills, and and Bledsoe was talking all the talk about the linemen to the media, and they let and the linemen just let the guy come in. The New York it was the Giants, by the way. A Giants guy came in and knocked the, and put Bledsoe out the game. <laughs> Okay, and, so, and, they, and the lineman went back and said, "Well, what else you got to say about us linemen?" 
And went, and then what? And he actually stood over him and said that to him. Uh, he couldn't hear him because he was fast asleep anyway. But he <laughs> told him and went and went back into the huddle. So we'll see if that happens to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and I can't wait. I, I can't wait to ask Aaron Rodgers when you gonna bring Joe Rogan in the game. If Joe Rogan is your man, put him out there at wide receiver. Exactly. My point. Exactly. So let's get this Leslie Frazier interview teed up, Brian, and see what Mr. Frazier has to say. Good morning, Coach Frazier. Pat Freeman from the Buffalo Criterion newspaper. How, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you, Pat? I have a question for you. Uh, I know you've been pleased with your young cornerbacks. Can you just talk a little bit about your uh, two rookie cornerbacks and also the play of Matt Milano? I think nationally he people are beginning to notice what you've already known for the last few years. Uh, just how well he's been playing and has had some tremendous impact plays in uh, these first few games. Yeah, with the young corners, uh, both Kyrie and Kristen, they've done a terrific job. Us, I mean, Pat, you've been uh, following the league for a while. You know how challenging that position is for any player, let alone a rookie uh, playing corner in the National Football League where you're going to have that bullseye on your chest early on. And I think our guys have done a good job of withstanding some of the pressures of being a corner and then being a rookie at the same time. Now, we've kind of rotated them both to kind of bring them along. And I think that's been beneficial. But their preparation and the way they practice has really uh, led to the success that they've had on the field. And, you know, we probably wouldn't be where we are as a defense without their contribution, uh, a positive contribution, because early on, you know, you're thinking that they're going to be targets. Uh, you, you, you have an idea, at least you're hoping they're going to be able to hold up. But you really don't know. Uh, but they've both done a terrific job, so we're very proud of them. And uh, they're learning every single day of practice, learning every game that they play in, and just keep fouling that away. Uh, when it comes to Matt, I think you're right on when you say that people are discovering what we already know. I mean, he's a terrific uh, football player. Outstanding linebacker, one of those hybrid types that everybody's kind of looking for, a guy who can cover, uh, he can play the run game, uh, he's a good blitzer, uh, he's just a, an all-around you know, good player of us, a Swiss Army knife in some ways, because we can use him in so many different ways. So we're fortunate to have him. Uh, there never is a mismatch when he's on the field because of his athletic ability, the way he prepares, he studies hard, uh, he's a coach's dream and the way he comes to work every single day. So a combination of having Matt Milano along with Tremaine, that's a great combination uh, at the linebacker spot for us. Thank you, Coach. You're yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. As you hear, Coach Frazier, very – Matt Milano is a key guy on that defense. Now that you get really good defensive linemen, now you really can see what Matt Milano can do at the line of scrimmage. He's been up there stopping the run, and he also can play the uh, tight ends and, and, and running backs out of the back. He can play the pass too, Georgie. Yeah, he's he's a very good player. Very, I, I didn't know he was that good against the run uh, until now. You got a defensive line that's allowing the linebackers to come up and make plays at the line of scrimmage. All right, when we come back, George, we're gonna kick that other um, interview in. And who's that, the other one that we got, Georgie? Oh, we got uh, Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator, and yep. also we got Jody Fortson, uh, uh, Kansas City Chief tight end, special team player from uh, Buffalo, from Western New York, played high school at South Park and Erie Community South. Uh, uh, college as well. So when we come back, we're going to get those two interviews in. You're listening to what's going on the experience here on Fox Sports 1280, our heart media. Don't go no place. We will be right back. 
Hey, folks, we are back, and thanks for listening to what's going on in the experience here on Fox Sports 1280. Really want to say thank you for that. And I want to also tell, tell you this too, Georgie. You and my man Pat Freeman, I call you all the dumb daughters and the godfathers of this because you all been doing this for a very, very long time. And I love the fact that the inclusive part of what you've done to enable us here on this show, me, right. George, Ryan, the rest of the crew, just to be a part of that. And I really, I'm appreciative of that. I want to let you know yeah, when you see, when you see the dumb daughter, you let him know that that's my dude. He's just, he's just so cool, man. I love yeah, Pat and guy. you too, man. Cause you guys are just like, y'all, y'all are just good brothers, man. I want to see things happen for other people as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Well, well you got to see my philosophy is this. I'm going to give you your flowers now. Or you can appreciate Forget it. Forget when your ass is dead, kicked over. Everybody wants to say good stuff about you. Tell the brothers and sisters how you yep. love them now while they're walking around to receive their glory. So I just want to give you a shout-out on that, you and Pat Freeman. But we are back with this second segment. And before we left, we were talking Ken Dorsey. And you said that Ken Dorsey went to the U, right, Georgie? Oh, that's correct. He was the last, really, the last good team Miami had. And that was back in 2007, 2008. And, man, that's a long time ago. And it seemed like a short time ago. But, man, Miami hasn't had a quality team since he was the quarterback. Willis McGahee was in the backfield. Uh, They had a a nice uh, plethora of receivers and linemen that all went to the uh, uh, Jesse Humpstead, who's still in the league, uh, played with New Orleans and now uh, playing uh, playing, uh, very good ball with the Miami Dolphins right now. All those guys – played on that team. So uh, Ken Dorsey is no joke. He's a very good player, and now he also has been a good uh, confidant of Josh Allen, working with him on the – you've seen him on the sideline for the last two years, sitting next to him, looking at the clipboard or looking at the uh, at the laptops and looking at the plays and going over it with him and asking him what, he, what, is, he, what is he seeing on the field. And he's, he's always been a, a talking point for Josh Allen. And that's why you haven't seen really any uh, a slowdown with Josh Allen's uh, improvement – because he's, he's always been there, and now he's calling the plays. And I'm glad to see he's calling a little more running plays. Uh, as well, and, and Dave will call a lot of running plays, too. It's just that uh, Josh, uh, Josh Allen got the ball. Because I noticed the Giants, Matt Breida Br- ran the ball last week. He ran the ball in the game last week more than he ever did with the Buffalo Bills. So it's yeah. obvious uh, Brian Dable had confidence in Matt Breida. It was just that Josh Allen wasn't giving up the rock. Okay. Josh Allen was out for himself. <laughs> he went, he, he's trying to run that ball in. And if he keep run, hey, if he keep trying to leap over people, he's gonna be out for the season pretty soon. Somebody, you, somebody, you go, somebody, somebody go, we can. Somebody go get his family juice caught up. I'm telling you, he goes. He, he, I'm t- every time people leap, I'm like ah. I was like, please, because your juice is is exposed. Not even that. They, we know he got the body for it, but really, you keep nah. taking those hits. Yeah. Yeah. You, you are not a lineman. You're not a lineman. <laughs> but, but, but speaking of taking hits and throwing things, because Ken Dorsey obviously still got a good arm because he threw the clipboard a few weeks ago. <laughs> he still got a great arm. Ryan, tee up, tee up Mr. Ken Dorsey, coach of the Buffalo Bills. Good morning, Coach. Pat Freeman from the Buffalo Criterion newspaper. How are you today? Good. How are you, Pat? I had a two-part question for you. I wanted to ask you about the influence of your former coach, Butch Davis, on your philosophy and uh, what he taught you at the University of Miami. Also about Josh's progression as a signal caller since you've been working with him. Um, The interceptions that he's had at the beginning of the season going into the bye, 
they're not like the old interceptions where he put the ball in the wrong place. Can you just talk about his decision-making and how he's progressed through the last few years? Yeah, no problem. Um, so obviously with Coach Davis, he's a, a big influence in my life just from playing playing with him and then uh, obviously working uh, working alongside him uh, a couple of years ago, um, especially just from a, a leader standpoint, a kind of how organized, how detailed he, he, he's always been. And um, uh, I think he, he really does a great job in just uh, all aspects of, of running a team. So he definitely is somebody I've always looked to and, and uh, um, you know, am eager to get advice from when needed. Uh, in terms of Josh, I, I think uh, I think the, the biggest credit to him is, is this. One, you know, we go through our week game planning of, okay, let's put our guys in the right, you know, what we feel like is the best position for us to have success, what plays we feel like uh, attack the defense, you know, well, and then just trust Josh to work progressions and, and read things out and go with the right place with the ball. With the ball. And, and that just, you know, frees you up to just call a game in terms of what you feel like is going to work best and not what you feel like, hey, I've got to get the ball here, or I've got uh, uh, I got to do this for Josh. There, there's a lot of a lot of trust there in terms of you know he's gonna he's gonna read defense, you know, make the right decision, go with the right place of the ball, um, you know, and, and and I think that that frees you up a lot as a play caller. All right, thanks, coach. Yes, sir. There you have it, uh, Butch Davis being his head coach. And remember, Butch Davis was a top college coach at the time. Oh, yeah, he was. When, when, when Ken Dorsey was playing. He went to the NFL. It didn't work out with the Browns in the NFL. But uh, he was a very – he was an excellent uh, college football coach at the time. And as you can see, uh, Ken Dorsey still talks with them and gets some knowledge from him as he continues. And don't be surprised next season that even under one year uh, with the Bills, Ken Dorsey might be getting one of these head coaching jobs uh, – because Denver, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was proven to be a fraud, man. Is he a fraud? He's one of the worst yeah, head well, coaches you ever seen. Freddie Kitchens. No, Freddie Kitchens wasn't that bad. Freddie wasn't that bad. Freddie Kitchens wasn't that bad. No, no, no. This guy can't make this. Go ahead, Nate. This guy can't no, make this decision. Say, though, he's the worst guy since the Urban Meyer dude. I don't know why they even hired Urban. Urban Meyer, to me, that hire was yeah. the worst hire they can do because that guy, you can look at him and tell he wasn't in it. You can look at him and tell that he really, his heart wasn't in what he was doing. And I don't know when these guys pick these people to be coaches. And like you said, Nathaniel Hackett, because he's that's he's living off his daddy's name. That's he really all he is. Coach, Paul Hackett. He, he can't. Worse, Russell Wilson is not playing up to his potential as well. So he's already given up. It looks well, like I'm, I'm just saying that the, the whole the whole squad was like, dude, man, did we buy into this? They ain't even playing for the guy, Georgie. No, they're not. And you can see Hackett it was a fraud. He when he came to Denver just to bring Aaron Rodgers. And when he didn't deliver Aaron Rodgers to Broncos, uh right. that's where the ownership is like who I, what, what's going on here? John Elway uh, worked with his daddy, Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett was his coach, John Elway's coach at Stanford University. Yep. And so this guy was around them all these years. Yeah, let's bring him in. So if he couldn't bring him, he could be a good coach. He's not even a good offensive coordinator because, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers was calling his own plays and oh, calling what he wanted. 
You know, good and well, Hackett didn't do any of that. And Hackett was, was when he was with Doug Marone with the Bills his, back in 2013. He was horrible. It's like, how is this guy even in the league? Let alone, how do you? It's all because of who you know. Is what you know. It's, it's, it's about who you know, not what you know. And that's a perfect example because he's a fraud. He needs to be at the high school or college level because this guy should not be coaching a team. And I think all the players, of, like you just mentioned. The Denver players recognize it. I'm telling you, like, they're, they're oh, man, already. The players aren't even playing for oh, it. I mean, you can tell. I mean, you can really, really hey. tell their body language uh-huh. they're on the sidelines. Eric, they ain't even listening to the dude. No, and the they're thing, like they're, they're like going like that. Uh, what is this guy? Well, doing, and then the man? thing too is, is like they say it wasn't ever Russell Wilson in Seattle. He wasn't this bad. There, there was the defense. He he knew more than he's showing in Denver. No, he's he's actually he could be a good quarterback. I can't say he could still be great. Russell Wilson, being that he's so experienced, could still be a good quarterback. Oh, definitely. He looks, but this, he looks he, bad right know, now. But you, but well, you know, the, man, the man trying to make him a pocket passer, and he's not a pocket passer. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you got to go to him and tell him, dude, I don't play like this. See, yeah. one of the most interesting um, conversations that I saw last week was, what's the dude from the from the Cardinals, the little guy? Oh, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Kyler will tell this coach, yo, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Did you see wow. that interaction, yeah. George? Yeah, I saw that. Telling Cliff Clingsbury, are you off your rocker making this call, man? Get out of here. We're not doing that. Did yeah, DeAndre see- Hopkins had to get in between them because they, they were having words on the sidelines. You yeah, you're right. The little man that. tell the coach, we're not running that play. What are you doing? And I don't get why Russell Wilson is not telling this guy when he, he when it's obvious. It's obvious everybody can see this guy don't know what he's doing. That's my point. Think about uh, George. If he had stood up for himself in Seattle, the Seahawks would have won back to back Super Bowl. And I think, and I think <laughs> George, what you said earlier, the reason why some of those old guys like what's your man name? We should run um, Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. And all say that he's soft. And what yeah. they mean by that is he don't challenge nothing. He's the well, kind of dude that will just go along to get along. And that's what was their issue with him, even in Seattle. Because he could have told Pete Carroll, I'm not doing that play. What are you doing? Yeah, we're you, right here. What are you the ball Lynch and whatever happens, happens. What are you dumb or something? We got the best running back in the league and a half a yard. You want me to throw the football? Yeah. Well, guys from that team, guys from the Legion of Boom are still leaking that information out. What me and Pat Freeman was right there and right. we reported on this very show and other shows. The very next week of what had happened and why that team is no longer going to be a championship team. And they weren't. They finally broke that team up because there was so much dissension and, and disgust at, at, at uh, Pete Carroll and the offensive coordinator right. because they wanted, they, as the guy said this week on one of the shows, yep. one of the national guys said, They wanted Russell Ru- to be the hero. Russell Wilson was always put in position to win. They put him in position to win with Marshawn Lynch, got the ball to the goal line, and then you're going to turn around and want this guy to be the be the hero. But, no, you should give the ball to Marshawn. They would have won two, two Super Bowls back-to-back. Right. But this guy has always been put in a position to win. Now he's not put in a position to win, and look how he's looking. Boy, George, he ain't this bad either. No, he's not. And I, but I, I don't get, once again, why is he listening to this guy? That's, he that's should be telling this guy what to do. I'm gonna make. He should be making uh, Hackett look look decent. Yeah, he's not. Even, he's, it's like he's not even trying. God bless you. He's not even trying to, right. to make his head coach look good. So it's some type of really uh, right. total dysfunction. And I, and they say that this guy might be fired over there in Germany uh, later today after the game. Good. Way back, they may fire him. And I, I I think they they need to go ahead and fire him and put an interim in because you can see the like you said, Nate, the players aren't playing for him. Yeah, they gave up. 
but but speaking of giving up and playing for him, the new head coach at the Carolina Panthers, did they play for that? Oh, we, we got to take a quick break. Okay, we got to take a quick break. It's that time. It okay. is that time. I hate to be the guy with little man syndrome like Kyler Murray and break things up, but okay. got to go to break. Hey, Ryan, it's okay. They're still mad at you for, in L.A. for using the M word so frequently. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said the M word, okay, and it's the little M word. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> They're going to get us here now, right? You got to stop. We're going to take a quick break. What's going on the experience on Fox Sports Mall, baby? Our Hub Media will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Righty, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to take that from Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. I like that. <laughs> when he said that right, I said, you know, you've been hanging out with a bunch of black people. Because that's. I, look, you guys are, are way whiter than me because I don't know anything about Matthew McConaughey. What? Really? What? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know a thing. Boy, oh, come on. Everybody has a, He's a heartthrob, they say, but I don't know anything oh, more than he that. He should be damn governor of Texas. Yeah, we'll I, see about I, that I, one. Yeah. Listen, man, he can't do no worse than the Trumpster. Okay, that's, that's uh, all I'm trying to tell you. But speaking of doing no worse, Georgie, we got to play that interview from the brother from Buffalo and the Kansas City King. Tee that up for me. Oh, this is very good for the young people. It's very good to listen to the Jody Fortson, uh, the Jody Fortson story. story. Uh, let's go with it. Hey, it was a tough game today. What do you feel uh, with the outcome of today's contest? I mean, obviously I'm disappointed we didn't come out with the win, but, you know, that's a great team over there, you know. So we'll, we'll end up seeing them later on in the postseason for sure. And how, is, how is it for the for, for you working hard and you were at Valdosa State and before that, Erie Community College uh, mm-hmm. North? How, how was that grind? I went to the city campus and then went to the North just to go play football. But the grind, you know what I'm saying, anything that you have a passion for that you that you want to see through, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get it done. You just keep it going. To- just keep it going. You got to stay focused. Whatever it is, it has to be your why. That has to be your driven factor. What motivates you to keep going? In? It's a lot of different things, you know. This is what I wanted to do. I want to be a football player, you know. I have a strong support system within my uncle who believed in me from the start. You know, I had a lot of people in my corner. It takes a family or a village to raise a kid, you know. So I had a lot of people pulling for me and wanting me to, to see me do well. You know, even though I'm not one of those names in Buffalo, that, you know, had a lot of popularity. I didn't do great in high school, on the field, or in the classroom, for that matter. But I just stayed to it, and I just kept with it. So I didn't make no excuses, and here we are. And what's your word of advice for the young people back home? Uh, keep going. Don't ever stop dreaming. Regardless of whoever say what, whoever got anything to say, man, just put your head down and work. Because they're going to talk about what you talk about you when you're winning, and they're going to talk about you when you're losing. Let's just keep going. If you get a setback or failure happens, what should, um, what should you do? Just pray to God. You should pray to God. Keep your faith high and move forward and stand on that. Don't let nothing shake you. Thank you very much. Yo, George, that was a good interview, George. Right. That young well, man was very, very powerful. Coming with the real, coming with the real, man. You know how old yeah. he is, George? No, he's he's uh, young, about 25, 26 years old. Yeah, because yeah, he started out, at he played at uh, South Park High School uh, on that 2013 football team. Then he went to Erie Community College downtown, but the football team is out 
by Orchard Park, right across mm-hmm. the street from the stadium at the North Campus. Yeah. He played there for two years. Then he went to Valdosa, Valdosa State, which is a state college in Valdosa, Georgia. In Georgia, yeah. Outside of Atlanta. He went there, played two years there. Then he undrafted free agent. I mean, this guy went went the hard way. I mean, he went the undrafted free agent, and he and, and he worked hard. He kept grinding, and now he's in the NFL. And, and and he was just like he was telling me uh, before we did the taping. He said, "You know, you're the first person from Buffalo. We don't play Buffalo two, three times, and and nobody from Buffalo has come over to interview me. Mm. And I'm from and I'm from the hometown. And I was like, wow. I said, you know what? I'm glad. I, well, you know, I was somebody else had mentioned it to me. I looked him up. I said, oh shoot, this guy." This from Buffalo I looked him up and I said, I'm gonna make it my business to go over to their locker room. And you saw how you could hear how quiet it was. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Yo, I mean, yeah. they, they, they got a plus uh locker room over there. Uh, uh beautiful carpeting, plus carpeting, the leather, uh lockers, chairs, and all that. I mean, they got it hooked Yo, up there. This is a stadium question. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> how do you think the Bills players feel when they go to others plus stadiums, see how fat it is, and they gotta go back? To whatever, whatever they calling it now. I don't know. Orchard Trunk. I don't even know the name they got now. What is it? Orchard. Uh, I don't even know. Stadium. Wait, aren't, isn't it true that they're building a new stadium? I thought that it, that it had been decided that the Bills are going to be leaving Buffalo, but now these plans are in. The stadium looks beautiful. George and Pat Free, we got the scoop on that. What's yeah, up? See, you got to have Pat on the show coming up to talk more about this yeah, Orchard will. deal. Uh, they, that's rendering drawings. Drawings is it's no shovels in the ground yet. Right, right, and that, right. and that won't happen to 2023, I believe, or 2024. They talk about moving across the street, but basically, what they're going to try to do is, is make a, a make a city, make it a, a one stop shop. They're going to try to yeah. put a mall out there. And all, but why would you do all that when you got all that right downtown Buffalo? Because right. they don't like black people. Exactly. I will do a Kanye West on this one. George Bush don't like black people. Buffalo don't like black people. They don't want to make money. They don't, they don't like black people. Isn't the mayor black? So what? <laughs> Does he not like black people? They don't do the price China. He got to go to other people who don't look like him yeah. to get the deal done. Mm. And obviously, they let you in to eat at the table. But the rest of you ninjas ain't coming in. And most of the politicians in Buffalo have taken money from the Pagulas. Thank they you. Exactly. All, all of them have taken money from the Pagulas as part of their re-election campaigns or their right. campaigns to get elected. So all these people are there. And, 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 and the, sad, the sad thing you look at, you look at Tennessee. The mayor of Tennessee announced it uh, a couple of weeks ago that Tennessee is going to build a dome stadium yep. in downtown Nashville. That's oh, right. Downtown Nashville. The L.A. mayor, Mayor Butts, who's, a, who's an African-American mayor, he announced that the SoFi Stadium will be built in Inglewood in downtown Los Angeles. Where Inglewood, black California. people happen to go shopping. Yeah. Okay. And then, <laughs> and you got ba- exactly. Baltimore, downtown. Cincinnati, Baltimore, yeah. downtown. Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh Atlanta downtown. Atlanta Falcons, okay, downtown. I'm just saying to you, Ryan, honestly, we <laughs> just – And you, you live in western New York. These folks up here is kind of mad racist, and I just have to keep them keep them one hundred. I have to keep it apart. Maybe it has to do with Bills Mafia being so violent at the games. People getting put through tables. Maybe they don't want the liability. What thing we gotta say too is Pat Freeman also has an ATL Philly steak business, a food truck business. Yes. Uh, and guess what? He he he's down in Atlanta for every Atlanta Falcons home game. His food truck is right there at the stadium. He's yep, and, he, and it dawned on him. He said he told me and him to talk the other way. He got a nice article in the Buffalo Criterion. That's why I want to get him on the show in the next coming weeks. We he will. He got a nice article that shows in Buffalo, you don't have one black food vendor that benefit, no, no black people benefit 
from the Buffalo Bills being in, in Orchard Park. They buy money. They buy tickets to go to the games. Right. But you think about it. When you go out there, you don't see one black vendor one black out there vendor. making any type of money. And he had to go all the way to Atlanta, and he's making money as a black vendor parked right outside the stadium. And he sells uh, his, his steak sandwiches and all of the, all the other fixings that he has on that food truck. Right outside of their home games, he he goes to the uh, homecoming. He did a homecoming last weekend. I mean, they, they, he does all kinds of business. But for the NFL purposes, why can't Buffalo have black vendors or black people, well, or, black or even black fans? Like, whenever I see people getting put through table, they're pasty white people. Even the, when I think of the Buffalo Ghost fan, I would be going through the table. First of all, Ryan, ain't no black people jumping off no damn table. You know, no, you, no, you understand our our culture. We right. if we gonna get juice, we gonna sit our ass someplace in the corner. Right. And we gonna watch. We gonna watch. Well, do you guys consider yourselves part of the Bills Mafia? Because I thought that's part of the code. Is you have to do these things to well, each that, other. That's the ones that that you know don't look like us that are Bills Mafia. I've been to a hundred Bills games. Thank you. And I brought my kid out there. I'm like, he's like, well, what are they doing? I'm like, yeah, we're gonna keep going because they might hurt themselves they, or hurt they, us. They might hurt themselves because <laughs> they look like they gonna hurt themselves. Am I right, George? Well, I've seen them hurt. I've seen guys lay. I saw Rival set himself on fire. I see ambulances. Is, broken. They, got, they got stretchers all on portable golf carts where they come right around and pick people up. You people saw right up in the parking lot. They, they, they literally have the golf carts willing to take people to their car. Yeah, taking them to not to their car, to the hospital, man. They <laughs> broke out, man. To a funeral home. There's like this neck snapping. This is worse than ECW. But seriously, it's a serious problem in Western New York where really the is, politicians, man. where you have a lot of black city council people, and they, vote, and, they, and they vote and not even getting involved and saying, hey, why can't this stadium be downtown where black, brown people, where everybody can be? Everybody should everybody. be able to access. Asian people, black people, Latino, everybody should be able to benefit. Why do you have a stadium out in a place where it's only like 1% black? One percent because they, no, they, no, by design. The thing, and thank you, Eric, the, and and that's the that's the sad part about this whole scenario that we got to deal with. And we're gonna take another quick break, okay? And when we come back, NBA. when we come back, we're gonna get, we're gonna have to go hard on the NBA, NBA, and we have to talk a little bit about speaking of no black people. They ain't no black baseball players playing in the World Series. American born, American born. I say it again, American, American born. born black guys from. Fulton Avenue. And also okay, uh, where I grew up. And there ain't none. In Los Angeles, if you're looking for the Lakers, they ain't there yet. So just keep watching. And, but what I'm saying, <laughs> to back to my point, though, that's a damn shame. Even Dusty Baker said it. He said he's embarrassed. He said he, the Major League Baseball yeah. need to be shot in the butt. But then again, I don't blame it too much on baseball. I blame it too blaming on us telling our kids all they can do is play basketball and dunk like LeBron. That's, but that's, that's like a fallacy. That's like a lie from the pit of hell. We'll be right back. What's going on? The experience not going no place. Uh, yeah, welcome back for our final spectacular segment on what's going on, the experience. But we got to do some back-selling, Ryan. Do the back-sell, playboy. Imagine a world where anything is possible. I'm not talking about this planet. I'm talking about Alpha Metaverse. This has been designed with the top technology by video game nerds from Epic Games. We're talking Unreal Engine. This is a city where you can take your business and put it inside and sell your products. Say you're selling delicious pound cakes like Mama J's Southern Lemon Pound Cakes right here in Rochester. Got to put the plug in. You can sell those pound cakes right out the metaverse. Go to Alpha City Metaverse on Google, right? You want to Google them. There's a lot of different competition out there. Or go to alphametaverse.com to go to our metaverse 
our technologies. It's powered by AlphaCoin. Why have U.S. dollars when you can have AlphaCoin? For more info, go check out their Instagram at AlphaMetaCity. There's the plug. Go check them out. Come on, man. Right. Go check them out. Now, before we left, we said we got to talk a little bit about the NBA, but then I had you go look up how many brothers and folks from Rochester playing in the NBA, and we only got two right now. Or one mm-hmm. uh, like development. And one two. development. But yeah. but one of them is playing with the with the lackluster Lakers. Now, George, now, now, I've been trying to call this. Now, Th- Thomas, I'm going to call you out, Thomas, because I like you, but every time I try to call you, you never take my calls. And I've been trying to call you for like the last four years, to be honest with you. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Oh, your mama, wow. His mama gave me his number. I've been trying, he don't never pick up the phone. Same thing with Stuart. You know, you know, it's like no love. So I'm glad you gave that brother from Buffalo love, the football player, you know. Jody Forson. Jody Forson. Yeah. I've been trying to give these young brothers yeah. love, but they they don't want they don't want to take that love from Rochester. I, 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 he didn't maybe didn't come up, but he came up hard enough off of he grew up on Hudson Avenue, went to BK. But uh, went to Indiana. See, these guys, he went the straight route where Jody Fortson went to community college. He went to Harway. Oh, and, 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 and so he he's very humble, very humble, and very and very driven, very driven to be the best. So, he so, so he if anybody be. know Thomas, tell him I'm talking about him because I don't care. I'm old. Hey, you should return the phone call, brother, when a brother try to call you. Because the Lakers stink. And I didn't call you to tell you that because you weren't even the Lakers when they was thinking like that. But the Lakers are a bad team, and I don't think LeBron James is a very good general manager. He ain't. That's why you don't Ryan, want him to Ryan, he's not a good general GM. manager, Ryan. He built a few championship teams there. Don't, don't get me started on that. You know I love that GM. They won in the bubble. They won in the bubble. But since then, they traded away their future for now. So that future was winning that championship in the bubble because they can't win anything. When you trade guys like Ingram, Randall, I mean, Ingram is just one of the uh, best players in the league with the uh, oh, with the yeah. New Orleans uh, Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans are – I love watching the Pelicans. He's so Ingram, you got about four. Kuzma, uh, you got about five, four guys that should be the foundation of a team yeah, now. But you got rid of – they, they mortgaged their future – to win now. Take it. Give him that chip. Give LeBron that ring. And don't forget, he built that Cavs team, too. Maybe not the first one that was god-awful, but that second Cavs team, that was the GM. I I guess what I'm saying to you is this, man. Players should just be players and let front office management. But you also not got to keep their agents out of it, too, now. Well, well, no. What what, what I'm simply (laughs) saying is this. Players should be players, and it's it's the fault of these the management – for letting these guys dive too much into giving them what they want. Well, remember, so, Jeannie Buss admitted let, that. Let yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. So all I'm trying to say is this, Eric. Okay. For example, the way the Brooklyn Nets are being held hostage by freaking Kyrie. Kyrie and, and your mm-hmm. man, Durant. I'm like, yo. And they still ain't that good. Okay, George, they're still not that good. Oh, because once again, you got players running their team and, and, and players are players. And some of them are business people, and neither one. And he's they, Kyrie and uh, and uh, KD are not business people. They now they wanted uh, Nash, Steve Nash. Now they got him. Now they want to get rid of him. Uh, M. Doka would be the move to make getting him uh, out of uh, Boston, just paying Boston whatever they want, and get and get him over there to coach that team because he he seemed to be good as the assistant coach. I think they probably listen to him a little more. And, and and that team would be a lot better team. I think if they they need that's the route. If I'm the Nets, I would try to get them Doka out of Boston. And, but Boston looked like they want to punish this guy and make that's him sit out a whole year. Him. Make him sit out a whole year. Exactly. That's why they didn't fire him. Let him they out the doghouse. But don't you think they that's old school? Phone. 
Hey, Nate, don't you think that's an old school slavery type movement? What's you this? Gonna, you gonna punish the brother because he? Well, he but, didn't, but, he didn't but know, that's the point. He didn't know how to act around your women. He didn't know how to act around the women. A man. He's wow. in Boston. Good point. Boy, he's, he's in Boston. I wouldn't expect anything less. Right. He looks like us. And he okay, I, I hate to say it, but I wouldn't expect anything less out of Boston. So they're going to make him pay for what he and somebody else did. They were two right. consensual adults. And, 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 the, and the sad part about it is, as a brother would tell another man, yo, man, go get your woman. You, you, let, your, you let your girl out and somebody else took it, and now you mad. Right, right. Mad. So right. they just mad at the fact that two consensual adults had an affair. My man, you know, he wasn't married to old girl right. Nia. I'm not saying that was right, right. but I'm simply saying they were consensual. Now you're gonna make him pay for it, but not the lady who you know got mad at him. I mean, it's just it's just weird. But, but and the lady's married to or was go, married or going with the, uh, an executive in the yep. big house. Yep. So yep. so it's really the big house. You know, right. he's a VP you, you, of something. He went to Master's house and tapped out his girl. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's, that's basically what right. happened. You know, Dan. Well, we tell the truth here. You, he had a master moment. He should have stayed behind the woodshed. Okay. Wow. I never looked at it that way. It is pretty eye opening, though. It's a good point. Very good analogy. Why else would you fire this guy and say, man, you know, yeah, they're trying to punish him. It's like you said, I didn't think of it as anything to do with slavery. But now that you mention it, maybe it is. That's exactly what it is. Old school, man. They just it's ridiculous, man. That's why players don't like going to Boston. They don't like going. Why would they? The fans screaming those crazy words at them. Yeah, it's not good over there. But no, but no. but Nate, what about Major League Baseball and uh, not having? And let me give you a quick thing on Major League Baseball. Uh, Gary Sheffield, I just finished reading this book a few weeks ago while I was on the on the road traveling to one of these Bills games. And and, and Gary Sheffield said, in back in 1991 when he got his last contract with the Yankees, mm-hmm. that Gary Sheffield he done made a hundred he made 168 million dollars as a baseball player. And he said some of the people told him before when he went to the All Star game that year. He said people were telling him, "Man, you're gonna be the last black guy to get that kind of money, man." They Whoa. basically, basically, 1991. And and, and he got. He, I remember when he said it in the media. He said they. He was told this is it for black guys making this kind of money. He said, "Cause we tired of playing black ball players that big time money, that real big money." So what happened was they started. Besides, the Dodgers always had a a pipeline to the oh, Dominican the, the Republic, they and, 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 and then other teams started doing the same thing. And when they started bringing these Latin players up, they saw that hey, these guys are really good ball players. But most importantly, they're coming from not a big wealthy background or anything, and they were paying them peanuts to play on their first contract. They wasn't getting paid big money to their third or fourth year in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So they were much cheaper. So Major League Baseball cut out the black ball players and went with the Latin. Why do you think there's so many Latin ball players in the league now? Because the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and some of these teams, they all set up shop. You uh, can't you can't find the, a brother. You can't find no brothers playing like you said, triple A. I mean, because you know, Georgie, I like to go see the Red Wings oh, play. Every so, so often. And you know, I'm going to the Red Wings play and I watch the triple A and I'm like, you will be hard pressed to see three or four brothers on any team. On hard any team. On, on any team. On any triple A squad. So it wasn't by accident that you don't see black players in Major League there Baseball right now it. because it was set up. And, and Gary Sheffield, read his book. It's in his book. And it, and it was. I remember when he said it publicly and they tried to c- take him off the air and stuff when he when he made that statement that this is the last 
era for black ball players. And he's right that when Gary Sheffield retired and all those guys, because most of those black guys were demanding big money and they forced those owners to pay them big money. And they said, Hey, we getting away from the big money, black ball players. We're going to go to the lesser, uh, just as good as ball players. And we're going to play these guys a lot less. And some of them them look like you all too. So we can go to, we got a twofer. George, I won't get one. George, we got, we got a twofer. Oh, you they, look at the Astros. Look at the Houston Astros team right now. You, you, look think, like you, they all, they, you think they full of black guys. They you think they all like black American guys. Wise. But no, they're Cubans. They're Dominican Republic guys. Otuve and a guy, they're from Venezuela. Venezuela, so yeah. There's nothing wrong with these guys. I'm not saying anything negative about these guys. I love I love watching these guys play ball. They deserve to be in the major leagues, but black players deserve to be there too. Right. And the reason why they're not there is they stopped drafting them. Yep. Is, the last couple of baseball drafts is the first time in years I've seen black guys dra- drafted in the top third in the first round. In the first round of the major you know, league. I, I will draft. say this, guys, as a white kid, two of the most iconic players, my two greatest influences as a kid. I guess minus Roger Clemens, which probably says a lot about me. Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds. Of course. I was going to say the same thing. Okay. Two black guys. And okay. I remember there were other there were black kids that were playing baseball when I was younger. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Who's the next who's the next iteration of that? You know, is it is it Tim Anderson? He wants to be, apparently, right? He claims he's the next Jackie Robinson, but who is the next great black player that kids have to look up to and and copy that perfect swing of Ken Griffey or Inject themselves full of steroids like Barry Bonds and it's 73 home runs. Knock it into the white behind the Allegedly. Houston has a very good pitcher by the name of Josh James. He's an African American pitcher. Unfortunately, he hurt his arm. He had to have arm surgery. Maybe, I believe it might have been Tommy John surgery earlier this, uh, 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 last month or this Mm. month in October. Uh, he's, he's, he's a, he's a really good prospect. There are some, like you mentioned, Tim Anderson, there are guys that are up and coming. It's just not enough because that pipeline was cut off in the late nineties. And when, when, whenever, uh, Gary Sheffield retired, when those guys retired, that's when the pipeline was cut off. And now you see the remnants of why you don't see these guys in major league baseball. Because like you said, Georgie, Daryl Swerver was getting paid. Uh, Yeah. Uh, White good was was getting paid. Dave Winfield yeah, was getting yeah. paid. Reggie was Reggie Jackson was getting oh, stupid yeah. paid. Yeah, Bo Jackson was getting paid. Yeah. Deion Sanders was getting paid. I can name a litany of brothers. They was really getting they, paid. Remember when the, the Giants, because they knew Barry Bonds was going to break the record that yep. year. They they backed the truck in on him. They yep. wanted him to do it in the Giants uniform. Right. That was it. That's what it was. So it just wasn't happened by accident. All the black kids didn't go to basketball and football. No, it was because they they cut the pipeline off and they went they went. They went to the Caribbean, to the Dominican Republic, to Venezuela, and brought brought the guys in from there. And they stopped messing with be- black ball players. And now you wonder. Now they're looking around like, why isn't there? They know why they. George, you know what I love the fact about you is that you recognize the kind game. It's yeah. called you. You create the problem and go, well, why? Well, gee whiz. What they don't want to play ball. Black you see, don't play baseball. What's going on? No, man. We no, had Greg Vaughn. Another African American legend come on the show recently, and he said that they hired Ken Griffey Jr. to alleviate this issue. He's almost hired in some type of a consulting role to try to get more African Americans involved in baseball. Before we see it, but no, but the thing is, you got to Georgie knows with any sports, you got to go deal with the kids in the hood, man. You you got to let them see. Okay, not only that, but because I'm getting ready to develop a program called. 
passport program. Well, I'm going to take young people to HBCUs like I've been doing and letting them understand the nuances, George, of mm-hmm. sports administration. I got the idea from Earl the Pearl Monroe. Earl the Pearl Monroe okay. has a high school in the Bronx, and it's like it's a sports administration high school. It ain't, it ain't about basketball. It's about sports administration, how you get deeper into this game, just the fact that you're not on the field or on the court playing the game. But how do you become, like you said, Georgie, the managers, okay? How do you, how you get in the front office? How do you get that internship to get you to the next level? Those are things that have to be taught in schools, but they're not doing that. So Earl no. the Pearl took a took a page, and he has a charter school. He ain't got a school like Knucklehead Cunye that can charge you fifteen thousand dollars for you to come, and he don't even read. Right. Uh-uh. It's right. like how you gonna have a school and you don't even read, son? And the, and the book you do read is called the Minecraft. What the hell is wrong with that kid? And you're not reading. You got to read. You got to read the paper. You got to read books. You got to read about your history. That's why the guy doesn't know much about when you say Yee or Conway, whatever you want to call him. He doesn't doesn't read. He's a perfect example of how people out here think when they don't read. And then they go follow somebody January 6th and create a riot. And then they go into jail for what somebody else put into their head because they didn't read and think for themselves to say, no, that wait a minute. That's not right. We can't and all I got to say on that, Georgie, yeah. is this. Y'all better go vote. And on that note, I'm going to say see y'all until next week. We love you. This is what's going on in the experience. Ryan, say something for the people before you leave. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. Keep on joining us on Instagram to see where we are next. We don't just air here on Fox Sports 1280 Rochester. That's what's going on underscore Fox Sports. Or you can follow me personally at The Ryan Show. Appreciate you guys. Hey, Rick Tony Show in L.A. I'll be back soon. Georgie. TheChallengerNews.com and RealDealSportsShow.com. Check the website out. Check the winner's edge out. Or go to the Facebook page, Real Deal Sports Show. Like us, click it, and you check out the shows, the previous shows, and see what's going on. Real Deal Sports Show or RealDealSportsShow.com. And don't forget, Alzheimer's.org slash walk. They're still taking donations. Please, please, please help them reach their goal. This is Nate Brown, Jr., Until next week, saying, see ya, and don't take no wooden nickel. Shoot it, Ben.